It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun, our weekly podcast with stories and information about the weather and climate and how they interact with our everyday lives. We present this podcast in series form, taking several weeks to look at a subject or theme. And right now we're in the midst of trying to help you get ready for everything that the fall season has to offer. Our third episode in our fall series. And as we head into the middle weekend of October, we are watching Hurricane Delta make landfall early on in the weekend and make progress into the uh, southeastern part of the United States as the weekend wears on. Certainly our dedicated team members will continue to monitor and forecast these potentially devastating conditions for a region of the country that has already taken the brunt of a few hits from this hurricane season. If you're looking for the latest on Delta, make sure that you're using our newly redesigned app, our website or follow us on Twitter at Breaking Weather and certainly our network has all the great information and so do our great AccuWeather partners. Even though we are just in the early stages of autumn, AccuWeather has just released the forecast for winter for 2020 and 2021. Chief Long Range Forecaster Paul Pastelock joins me to spend some time and break down the details of that forecast. Will the Northeast see more snow than we did last year? Who's going to get hit the hardest with the cold temperatures and the worst amounts of snow and ice? And will severe weather play a role in the weather, especially in the southeast part of the country this winter? We have the details on all of that coming up. We had a damaging wind event come through the Northeast Wednesday into Thursday, and certainly while some of the leaves were blown down in New England. They are areas up in New England in the northern tier of the country at or just past peak. Uh, parts of the Mid-Atlantic starting to show some amazing color. We'll check in with senior meteorologist Heather Zare for her take on the weather for this coming weekend and into the week beyond. Friends, let's not hesitate. It's time to talk about everything under the sun. Well, I don't like to rush things. In fact, I personally get a little perturbed when we start kind of pushing things like pumpkin spice in August. I mean, that's still summer to me. Meteorological fall starts in uh, the beginning of September. Of course, uh, we just had the equinox only a couple of weeks ago, September 22nd. But we are in the early stages of fall, but already folks are wondering... If the snow is going to fly, if the temperatures are going to be colder or warmer than average, what kind of winter it's going to be. And we oblige them in AccuWeather. I mean, it takes time to get prepared for a winter, and folks can do that with our AccuWeather seasonal forecast about winter. And I'm joined now by our expert senior meteorologist and lead long-range forecaster, Paul Pastelock, to talk about this upcoming winter season. Paul, here we are. Can you believe that we're already talking about winter? I mean, look, we're on the calendar into uh, almost mid-October now. Meteorologically, we're getting uh, six weeks into this fall season. We just turned the calendar into fall on the calendar itself with the solstice just a couple of weeks ago. So before we delve into the winter forecast, uh, I kind of just wanted to maybe take a look at the rest of this fall because, you know, we've had a nice warm-up 
here uh, in the Great Lakes in the Northeast here over the last several days. Obviously, we're getting ready for Delta and what that is going to do as we head into the weekend. But I sense that uh, we're going to start to see an erasure of some of this warmth that's been building in the uh, Great Lakes and the Mid-Atlantic here as we head into the second half of this month. I don't know if you had any other thoughts about how the fall forecast is progressing before we get into the winter forecast. You know, the fall forecast going forward, well, the fall forecast overall has been doing very well. The fires have been ridiculously out of control in the West uh, because of the dryness, because of the winds that have been picking up from time to time. That has been right on schedule. The dryness continues in the southwest. They didn't get much of a monsoon, which we expected uh, in our updates that we did over the summer for the fall. You know, the east's been kind of, you know, one of those things where the, the cool downs got a little more impressive in, in early, mid-September. I think that may have had contributed to some of the uh, reasoning for some of the early drops of leaves that took place in some areas. But the drought has been pretty impressive in the northeast, a little bit stronger than we thought. We did think it would get dry, but this has been uh, pretty impressive. We need the rain in parts of the Northeast, and I do think we're going to get some. And and going forward, I think it's up and down swings. I think that we're going to start to see more storms coming over the top out of Western Canada, kind of dropping down as the season progresses. And some of those storms will have some pretty good cold with them on the back side. And I think it's going to kick off that lake effect a little bit earlier Uh, than we've seen in recent years. We kind of saw that at the end of uh, September and October with that first batch. And then, you know, going into this recording, there's a pretty vigorous clipper coming across Canada right now, and it's going to kick up the wind and some of those issues we talked about. Yeah, I'm worried about Western New England, especially here in the next week or two with some wind events. But yeah, it's just like it's, it's going to be a battle for sure. Here we head into winter. So uh, I mean, the way we normally do this, I, I, I can talk through the way the map looks, the overall map, but I, I think that misses the point. I want to, I like the page that uh, you shared with me that really has some of the highlight points. You know, one thing people always want to know uh, is whether we're going to be much colder than average or a milder winter than average. And it looks like the eastern U.S. has a chance to be a little bit milder than average, maybe a little break from winter until maybe we get to the back end with some fun and frivolity. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of it could be controlled by the heart of the season. The heart of the season is so important because if you look back to last year, when the thing tides flipped, we turned mild in the eastern half of the nation, shut off the snow machine, mm-hmm. and it just snowballed effect. No pun intended there. Snowballed mm-hmm. effect all the right. way through February into March. The warmth just continued to go on. We could see something similar to that, maybe not exact, something similar happen again this coming year. Unfortunately, we may have another winter in the east where it turns to a milder pattern and we just don't get out of it. Although the one thing that we have going for us is that some La Ninas can bring down occasional cold, and in the middle heart of the season, the chances of getting snow are a little bit better than when we had an El Nino last year where it was all southern branch and no cold. So I think that that turn could help us out a little bit. We get the snow totals up a little bit more than last year, but still, overall, doesn't look like an extreme winter for the three, four month period. And then the concern about maybe some potential for late season spin up storms along the coast, which 
I mean, we've been spinning up storms along the coast, it seems like for a couple of years. This troughiness won't go away. No. And, uh, you know, and that's that's a concern. These rapid intensification storms that kind of nail us when they don't look like much two, three, four days away in the modeling. And then all of a sudden, boom, they just kind of explode. And we've been seeing that obviously in the hurricane season. And we'll continue to see that into the winter, it looks like. Yeah, here's the setup here going forward overall pattern here. You know, you look at the northwest um, we're seeing some moisture coming their way here soon. They're going to get some rain. They're going to get in a good pattern that they can get some rain, but it's going to back off. I think through December, that is going to be the same play out there. They're not going to get into their full swing yet where typical La Niña's just bury them in heavy snow in the mountains, mm-hmm. heavy rain to the coast. And we're not there yet. In fact, what it does is the upper high that's in the Southwest kind of builds north, comes back down, builds north. And when it does build north, it's going to send some systems early on in the season across the Great Lakes into the northeast. And we're going to have some wintry weather, I think, around the holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas as well. I do expect the lakes to kick in. Yes. And everyone's saying, oh, here we go. They said it was going to be a mild winter. And all of a sudden we're getting all this snow and these cold shots coming down. And then we turn aside. I think that, you know, the storminess goes back to the northwest in January and February and the southeast high builds. And here we go again. Uh, the warm ups and the and less snow events start taking place again. So it sounds like there could be some uh, especially big swings, especially temperatures, middle of the country, especially if you're talking about that, uh, the ridge and the trough going back and forth, it's the middle of the country that kind of pays the price with, you know, one moment you're uh, freezing with just amazing Arctic air, and the next moment you're getting a southwest wind and you're blowtorching really mild temperatures for that time of year. You know, and that's the toughest area of the country, actually, the forecast is where the big swings are. Where does it, where did, what, what happens at the end of the month? Do we lean towards above normal or below normal? Are the swings better on the cold and the warmth? It's such a hard call out there as far as what the overall temperatures are going to end up being because of those swings. We do expect some of this sub-zero temperatures to kind of get oozed down the front range of the Rockies and come down from time to time in those areas. And I think it's the Western Plains that could get uh, much colder than the eastern. The eastern is going to have to wait to see if they can get any snow cover on the ground, which could be hard to do early on in the season. And you put in your points there that lack of snowpack in some of those areas could endanger uh, winter wheat crops and the benefit of those. Uh, so that's something that farmers and agricultural folks will have to keep uh, in mind. Uh, if we go into the Great Lakes, Ohio Valley, Northeast, as you said, early season chill, and then maybe a turn mid season where we ease back on that extreme cold and less snowfall, mid-Atlantic Ohio Valley, but then you bring the coastal situation with that kind of contrast in temperatures in terms of uh, maybe having some stuff riding up along the coast later on in the winter as uh, that kind of the, the kind of cause and effect there, right? Yeah, Dean, you touched on that uh, a little while ago, that these kind of spin up systems. You know, when you get a La Nina, it's a fast Northern pattern. The systems probably come into the Northwest or Western Canada and they kind of dive down and they look innocent. They bring maybe some snow, but nothing severe through the Ohio Valley, through the Mid-Atlantic, the Central Appalachians. But when they hit some of the warmer water that's kind of situating compared to normal off the East Coast, they tend to kind of get a, a little bit more boost. They blow up and that could be spell more snow for parts like New England, like Boston, up to New Hampshire and Vermont. Those folks could end up getting a lot more snow and folks down in the mid-Atlantic states in the Ohio Valley. So we're dealing with, uh, this has been an incredible uh, eastern Atlantic hurricane season situation. And, you know, 
we may talk about as you look at the area of the Gulf Coast in the southeast, once we get past maybe the height of hurricane season, we still may have to deal with some severe weather potential in those areas, even a little bit longer into late November, early December, because of these uh, kind of temperature swings, I would imagine. And then, you know, it warms up and then these big cold bursts come down through the plains and hit into the southeast, uh, running into that warmer air. And we may see some problems with severe weather into the early part of December in those areas. Yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, the water temperatures are still warm. That sets a contrast because it'll affect the air temperature in the southeast. And then, you, like you said, Dean, these cold shots trying to come down in the northern branch systems, the northern jet stream, they hit that area and boom, you're going to get some fronts that are going to activate and you're going to get some severe weather. Climatology says that December is still, you know, the area to get hit is the southeast. And we do have that uh, highlighted in this forecast. But that's more late November, I think, into mid-December, and then it could come back again, Dean, as we get into later January and February. As we warm up the entire Southeast, that'll get forced, the severe weather threat, actually maybe back towards the central Gulf states, maybe right along the coast, into Tennessee, those areas right there. They may be in a storm track where the waves cut up, and there could be severe weather along that line, uh, that uh, cold front. And that's an area to watch, I think, late January and February. So this, uh, again, it looks like another situation where we're going to have to keep an eye on the extremes of temperatures and then just the trends. And and this is the, you know, there may be some wildness in your zone. It kind of eases off and then it gets wild. I think uh, almost like a a split winter in some places in terms of the intensity of weather compared to the kind of calmness. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at the Northwest, they'll get busy by the heart of the season. They'll get busy. The Northeast can have its, you know, chances with the spin-up storms. And then you look at the Southwest, which missed out on the monsoon. And, and usually they, the next step to get precipitation is to get those big bowling balls to come down into uh, the Southern Rockies. And this may not be the setup for them to get that. They may miss out on the frequency. So they stay tranquil and dry and get, and, and that's unfortunate. It's good and bad. I mean, you can do outdoor activities, but at the same time, they need the rain. If they don't get the rain out of that, they could be looking at drought all the way through 2021 as well. So there are some tranquil spots. The, you know, Florida could be pretty nice uh, for vacationers uh, this winter. Uh, there is a chance that they could actually have a freeze. Some of our analog years suggested in December that they could get a shot of cold down there that could cause a freeze and maybe some minor damage. But we haven't had a major damaged the citrus crop in a long time, Dean. Right. But so maybe something early on uh, December, but then it eases out and warms back up so that by the time you're going down for the holidays and into January and February, you're you're in good shape. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be nice. Let's look at just the overall map. The the highlights say a cold start, lake effect snow, western Great Lakes, Minneapolis, and then through Chicago, Detroit, and then that's the kind of the highlight of things here as we get into uh, the Northeast and New England. Again, that isolated severe storms at times, uh, the Carolinas back through the Southeast, warm and dry along the Western Gulf Coast back to uh, LA. Uh, some chilly uh, pockets of air in the transition here as we go into the uh, Western Plains and into the Intermountain West and wet, snowy and chilly, an early start to the ski season, I think, in the Pacific Northwest here as we get into the, the situation where let's let's just look at some numbers in terms of the warmest areas are likely to be uh, the southeast in terms of being above average here as we go through those months, December, January, February. Yeah, last year, I think we saw some numbers uh, for January through March, that actually ended up being like five to to eight degrees above normal. Some I think some places nine degrees above normal 
for a 90-day period. That's very, very impressive. This year, probably not to those exact values, but we could be looking at January, February combined at about three to five degrees above normal. Places like Charlotte, Columbia, maybe Raleigh-Durham, those areas could be in that zone that ends up being above normal. So does that spark maybe early development of trees and you know, as far as, uh, you know, growth goes, uh, yeah, I can see that happening. Hopefully we don't get anything to press hard at the end of the season, but there is chances like late March, April, that things can get colder again. So yeah. Didn't we see that last year in the Northeast where we had all that warm weather, everything, but the, everything bloomed. And then we had those uh, couple of freezes in early April and mid April. Yeah. It's, that was a little crazy. So the coldest weather in terms of temperatures overall for those three months looks like to be up the interior Northwest, uh, looking at like Idaho and Montana and those areas. Right. When you have a La Nina, Dean, uh, it's it's more Pacific air. So the the coastal areas like Seattle and Portland, they don't get as cold. They're they're more affected by the ocean. It's on the other side, the Cascades getting toward the Bitterroots. That's where the snow cover, you know, deepens and deepens. During the hardest season, that's where you're going to get your coldest shots. They'll be aimed more at that area. It's one thing to look at where you think this year is in terms of the historical things. I think another good way to look at it is how is it compared to the the winter last year? So just like you said, it's going to be warmer than average, but still not quite as warm in those parts of the southeast that you talk about. And uh, certainly in those uh, those places we just talked about, Washington State, Idaho and Montana are going to be six, seven, eight degrees overall warmer than last year. But it doesn't seem like there's a lot of differences the rest of the country. Right. It just doesn't seem like you'll notice big changes between one part uh, other than those two areas I just mentioned between this winter's temperatures and last winter's. The reason is I think that high pressure may be a dominant feature along the south and will pop its heads and bring some fairly tranquil weather across those re- that region of the country. And I think that what you don't see happening is, is that these big, huge plunges from the Arctic, like the polar vortex, can, in the beginning of the year, maybe come down and, and cause some havoc. But, you know, it looks like it's going to remain again back up north. And with a La Nina pattern versus an El Nino pattern we were in last year, you can balance it out from the warm, nice days. You can get a few systems to come down out of the northern tier at times and kind of balance it out. So it's almost like a balancing game, and it goes with those swings. You know, which way of the swing are you going to be on here? Are you going to be mm-hmm. you know, on the positive side or the negative side? Hard to tell in the plain states, but there's going to be some changes from time to time throughout the year. The extremes, though, I think are more, like you said, Dean, Occasionally in the Great Lakes and Northeast, back to the Midwest, and then the Northwest getting hit pretty hard mid mid season. All right, we're talking with uh, expert senior meteorologist Paul Pasolak, the leader and uh, quarterback here of our team that uh, really looks at the long range stuff. And so now we teased everybody with temperatures and all and precipitation. These are the numbers, Mister Pasolak, that everybody wants to hear. Our expected snowfall amounts. Now look. These are situations where our our best thinking here now, this is a situation we have to remind people that we keep adjusting because as every little piece of the puzzle changes, you know, if certain things happen that last longer into the fall, it kind of changes and and we have to adjust going on. But uh, let's pick a couple of things. Let's pick New York City. Average snowfall over the last 30 years, 26 inches per the winter last year, a snow deficit, only 4.8 inches officially in Central Park, but uh, a little bit better snowfall overall. We're thinking somewhere in the foot and a half to two foot range overall uh, for New York City here as we go through the winter. Well, here's the thing on that, Dean. 
if these spinoff systems develop, one or two of these storms have a chance to throw snow back to New York City. Any places south and west of there, I think the snow starts to fall off a little bit more. It's a it's a hard call. I mean, we could end up again with numbers that are down in the low teens for snowfall if we continue to be too far west of those spinoff systems. La Nina just does not bring at least this, you know, a weak to moderate La Nina is just not going to bring you a lot of snow. It's going to bring you a lot of smaller systems that kind of run out of gas, run out of moisture when they get to the east. But if we can get a couple of those to kind of back in, that's why those snowfalls are where they're at. Still, you know, it's not that high, but it's from last year, 4.8. Can we do something similar to that? Maybe not exact, but something similar if we don't get those spinoff storms. Right. And and then, then the other thing is one of those spin-ups, especially if it's later in the season, I mean, they can dump 10, 20 inches just yeah. inland uh, very easily. And, and so sometimes those numbers can get a little bit wacky. As you go up to Boston, I mean, the average about 44.3 inches. Last year, 15.8. We're in about the 30 to 40 inch range overall, which is still a little bit below normal. Looking at, um, I'm being, I'm cherry picking my cities that I uh, do on the, I'm allowed, right? So uh, my friends in WWJ, Detroit. You're the host. You can do anything. I can do whatever I want, right? (laughs) Thanks, Paul. 43 inches on average. Last year, they were on the number about uh, 43.6, and we have them into the 40 to 50 inch range. So another busy, um, I'm going to be busy in Chicago and Detroit. Chicago's in that same zone, mid 30s in terms of the inches of of snowfall normally and upper 30s to near 40 inches. St. Louis did okay last year. They had a couple, but they may be down a little bit. As you said, I think as you go farther south, you know, it looks like there's going to be less chance of snow from the central southern plains and into the mid-Atlantic states where sometimes we can get some snow. Overall, I didn't really see anybody that seemed to me to stand out as a big winner, except as you get up into the Intermountain West, places like Salt Lake City, probably near or above average, Spokane, those areas. Uh, any other places I'm missing in terms of who might be a big snowfall winner This, uh, in terms what, of the numbers? What may not be seen on those charts, Dean, is the, the potential for ice. If yep. we see storms by the heart of the season being pushed back in a track that goes through the Tennessee, Ohio Valley, places in Missouri, uh, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, there could be a fair amount of ice situation events that take place, and that could get Chicago as well. That is something that is hard to predict this far out. I mean, snowfall miles are hard to predict as it is, but that kind of is a zone that we're focusing on that may not be seen in the snow totals, but it could still be a wintry season. Uh, because of that factor. And some people, and myself included, hate the ice situation more than the snow. I mean, if, if three, four inches of snow, I can actually maneuver in because it gives me something to drive on with some traction, whereas, uh, a, a, you know, a half an inch of ice to an inch of ice, solid ice, you can't get any traction. So, yeah, those uh, those mixy, messy, icy storms can sometimes be better than a, a, a <laughs> snowstorm that's all snow. It's like when you turn 16, you don't like snow anymore, right? Because that's <laughs> exactly, when you get your license. You have, to, you have to drive in it. Yeah. All so. right. So, uh, you know, we I, I asked this of uh, of uh, coaches when they're going into a big a big game. You know, what do you need to see early on in the in the winter for all of this to be lining up right? What are some of the keys early on here as we go in the next uh, a month or two as we set up fall for winter? What are some of the keys that you want to see in terms of how this uh, would, would play out the way we've thought about it? Well, getting a little scientific, I want to see the water temperatures off the West Coast cool a little bit more. They just warmed up because the water hasn't been stressed. We've had a lot of these upper highs over the interior sections 
of the uh, Western U.S. and the water hasn't been kind of ripped up or revved up at all, which is you know typical this time of year anyway. But getting into November and December, it isn't, and so that could limit the amount of activity that goes there. If anything. I could see actually more action going down towards central and northern California. If I see that happening, then everything is on track in the West to get going for January and February. I think that's going to work out well. The East, I think it's all about what happens in December to what our snow totals are going to be for the rest of the year. Right. If we get nothing in December, we got to bring these snow totals down. <laughs> we may get nothing again later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one of those things. I know we got spin ups that we're talking about here for Boston, but you know, I think December tells it all on what kind of winter we're going to be, just basically because if we need some snow early on in the season. So that's something we're going to be watching out for. Going to be interesting to see how that plays out in some of these places in the Great Lakes in the Northeast where we're going to be playing football outside in the December, mid-December. And that's going to be interesting to see if that happens. Paul, yeah, appreciate- those are the weekends that'll be, you know, 20 degrees, snow squalls, kind of things like that, yeah. I think most of the uh, most of the fans may not want to be uh, or glad they're not in the stadium at that point. Paul, I want to thank you and your team for all the hard work you do. I know uh, it's a busy time of year and you can get all this information. Go to our AccuWeather.com website. Just search winter forecast and you'll see the write up and all the information there as uh, it's out. And we'll, we'll check in a little bit uh, in, a, in a month or so and see how we're on track as we get closer to winter itself. Yeah, we have another update in November. We really get a good handle by then on how the pattern is looking. So maybe a good time to get back in there. Yeah, we'll check in with you then. Thanks, Paul. Again, all the work from our amazing long-range team is available on our website, AccuWeather.com. And as uh, things progress during the season, we can get some long-range updates, too. Uh, If you follow our Twitter feeds, Breaking Weather and AccuWeather, Paul and his team do an amazing job, as do all of our meteorologists. We've got a lot to look at going into this weekend, including a hurricane again, uh, still a, a nice stretch of weather for the Northeast and the Great Lakes, and the easing out of some more fire danger in the West. Western parts of the United States. Heather Zare is up next with me to talk about this weather for the upcoming weekend and the week beyond. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news with me, Bernie Reno, and Evan Myers. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather. Just subscribe to Weather Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun, our third episode in our fall series. Special thanks again to long-range forecaster Paul Pastelock for being with us in our opening Rays of Focus forecast segment as we look at the winter forecast. Again, you can get that information on AccuWeather.com. Here in our final segment on this Everything Under the Sun situation, we always kind of talk about the weather going into the upcoming weekend and into the week beyond so that you can plan to make the most out of your uh, fall weather and Uh, Certainly our eyes and concerns all along the Gulf Coast as we ready for Delta to arrive on Friday and then continue to cause problems. It looks like a a prolific situation with a lot of uh, water and wind and storm surge. And then a lot of that uh, rain and wind will come inland here as we go through the weekend. So you want to make sure that you stay tuned to AccuWeather.com for the latest on that. Meanwhile, uh, kind of guiltily, some of us in the uh, Great Lakes in the Northeast have had a pretty nice stretch of weather 
this week. Uh, some mild, warm stuff, a little cool shot, and then it's going to warm up again into the weekend. I'm joined now by AccuWeather Senior Meteorologist Heather Zare, who joins me in the mornings, disseminating information to our partnered radio and TV stations across the country. And Heather, as we look at this, it looks like uh, we should cherish, right, the weather in some of these areas in the Great Lakes in the Northeast this weekend, because it looks like there are some changes afoot as we go into the early part of next week. Yeah, definitely a little bit more of a pattern shift coming up as we head into the weekend. We're starting to see finally some heat relief in the West with some more troughs, some more storms coming into the West, especially the Northwest. And that's kind of signaling the beginning of some changes. And uh, that kind of has some ripple effects downstream where you start to get that into the Northeast and the Great Lakes, as you were saying. So yeah, definitely some changes coming up. And it seems like as always in the last several weeks or last couple of months, a tropical system kind of brings about the beginning of that little bit of a shift. And again, we're going to see Delta slam into the Gulf Coast with dangerous implications. I mean, these areas that we're going to see this uh, come into, sh- uh, into the, the coast, not only is the wind and the storm surge, I think, a major concern with this one because of the size of the storm. But, you know, some of these places, like you look at some of these, uh, uh, the water situation and, and, and there's nowhere. Let, let me just cut to the chase. There's nowhere for the water of this storm to go in some of these places where this is coming. They've been waterlogged from some of these storms over the last couple of weeks. So it's really, I think this is a, a situation, obviously you want to stay tuned in the Gulf Coast this weekend. I guess the question is, you know, we've been wondering what the end game of the Delta situation would be as we go through the weekend. As we're looking at this late Thursday, early Friday, it seems like the center, the circulation after it comes on shore kind of fizzles a little bit, but some of that moisture will start pushing northward. I guess the question is how far north it goes over the weekend. Heather, does, uh, you know, does it stay out of the Great Lakes in the Northeast till we get to Sunday or Monday, or does it go a little faster? It's been something we've been trying to work out here over the last couple of days. And the models have certainly had a lot of difficulty trying to pin it down. I think there are just so many factors on the table. They're kind of having a a difficult time deciding which one is going to end up the dominant feature. But I think that when it comes right down to it, that we're probably going to see the storm move a little faster as it comes inland than perhaps some of the models are trying to say. That almost always happens. The models just don't anticipate properly how much the westerlies pick up these storms and carry them along. It's also true they don't do that with the moisture too. The moisture can get strung out way ahead of all of these systems. And I think we'll start to see some, at least some light showers that make it up even on Saturday up into places like Virginia, perhaps over into the Carolinas. But, you know, we could even be seeing some light showers up into central parts of Virginia and uh, up into parts of West Virginia, even though the real rain doesn't get there until Saturday night or Sunday. So in addition to Delta coming up into the Gulf Coast here as we go through the weekend, we do have that uh, kind of high pressure that's going to protect the Great Lakes in the Northeast with a, a really nice weekend, especially Saturday, those areas. And then uh, a little cooler Northeast. There's also a little area, a little clipper kind of coming over the top too. And then so that will get a little wind shift, a little cooler conditions as we get towards Sunday, Boston, New England, the, and even New York. And then I guess the question is for some of the mid-Atlantic areas, how fast did the showers come up here as we go? I'll tell you what, if I was going to pick a place to be, 
Well, uh, St. Louis has been amazing here. Uh, low to mid 80s last few days, low humidity. Chicago's been pretty good too. So that sector, the middle of the country, um, we've got some uh, cool weather and some storminess now coming into the Pacific Northwest. Good news for the fire situation. But uh, as we talked to Paul about, this is going to be a trend of some colder air starting to push early on here as we go through the fall into the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we're going to be seeing some snow sneaking down into some of those higher peaks in the Cascades. So there definitely starting to shift into winter mode. And like you said, it'll be welcome rain coming into the Northwest. Maybe not so much the snow starting to fall this early, but yeah, definitely the rain is going to be a big benefit for the fires and dealing with those. It would be nice if it would come a little bit farther south into California. There Real steady rain probably will not make it down through all of those complexes of fires that are still burning across Northern California, but at least they can hopefully pick up a few showers and get some higher relative humidity. So now as we go into the upcoming week, we'll uh, have resolved the issue with Delta. It looks like there is this pattern shift, as uh, Heather and I alluded to next week. And I don't know. I mean, if you believe some of the modeling, I mean, that shift into the really cold stuff towards the latter part. Of, I have a camping trip into the Poconos for next weekend, <laughs> Heather. I, I don't know. I mean, like even one of the models winds up uh, to probably wrapping in some snow as you get later on in the next weekend and into the early part of next week. So there's definitely some shifts coming. So I think uh, a good a good weekend to cherish. A lot of good uh, viewing of the leaves right now, as I know here in central Pennsylvania, we're starting to get towards peak. I know New England's starting to be at or past peak. But uh, again, those uh, those uh, where you can get that good viewing, you should take it here. It's going to be a nice weekend in many parts of the country, middle and uh, up into the northeast this weekend. Yeah, it definitely is. And and like you said, we're starting to get to that time of year now where we're starting to hit the peak. You're also starting to see some of the colors pop a little farther south in the Appalachians. So it's going to be uh, some time to start getting up into there. Not the best weather for those places with that Delta moisture this weekend, but perhaps that ahead of it, you can have some good opportunities through parts of the Appalachians on Saturday. But yeah, then it looks like for early next week that you know we could be seeing that colder air coming in, at least not too much wind aside from the event they just had not too much more wind coming up to blow the leaves down too prematurely so getting a little extension on that again we invite you to stay tuned to accuweather.com our accuweather app our accuweather network and all our great network partners to make sure that you keep up to date as delta makes its way on shore and then impacts the southeast this weekend and we'll keep an eye on uh, some of the other things we talked about with heather on accuweather and accuweather.com friends that'll do it for this uh, episode of everything under the sun coming up next week we're going to get you ready for uh, two things as we make that transition from the current fall season and getting ready for winter both on on your car and in your garden. We've got things to do this fall to get ready for the winter, so we'll do that next week. And then the week beyond, we'll talk to our friends with the Royal Meteorological Society as they get set to announce their Weather Photographer of the Year winner in terms of that contest and also the fan favorites voting. We'll talk to them in the coming weeks as well. For Paul Pastelock and Heather Zare and the hundreds of team members from AccuWeather.com worldwide that help you keep up-to-date and informed on the weather on a daily basis. I'm meteorologist Dean DeVore. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week for Episode 4 of our fall series with our podcast, Everything Under the Sun, from AccuWeather.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 